Welcome! I'm Roxanne Spring, your personal midwife after hours, celebrating and promoting wisdom and power in pregnancy, birth, and beyond. so delighted to have you here today with us Alexa you thank you you are a woman of uh, many uh, opportunities that for us to learn <laughs> you present oh, us with you. a lot of a lot of options of learning I love that your commitment to kind of simpler life and also building it with the intentionally and avoiding a lot of toxins and you know having the commitment to a pure pure life am i wrong yeah. <laughs> no you're not um it's it's so i feel like it becomes more and more important as life goes on because you start seeing health problems disease um and just day to day, I mean, immunity is the most important thing, I think. Oh, no. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. I didn't lose you. No worries. Okay, and on. we don't have to see each other. It's just fun. And we don't see each other on the interview, so no worries. Um, I'm just lost. So there you are. Hey! <laughs> I disappeared on you. Um, okay. Yeah. I was just saying, yeah, no, immunity is the most important thing in our world. And so figuring out for me how to do that naturally um, so we have longevity, so we can be alive for our children and their children and their children, hopefully. That's my goal. I want to live forever. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, your, your number, it is a number one issue on a lot of people's minds of how to stay healthy and safe in, in today's world. So it's a very yeah. timely topic for us to have a chance to talk about. Well, as I told you, and as all my listeners know, we're going to start with number one, because this is Midwife After Hours. Tell me about how you discovered and what your journey has been with midwifery. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm not a midwife myself, but um, I feel like I would love to be in a different world. But um, I actually took a doula training course a few years ago for a friend who was having her baby. But it was definitely more selfish because I knew that I was going to have babies some point and I did not want to go into that blindly and I wanted to kind of know everything. In fact, my mom was a Bradley instructor and when I was a kid, she taught me about Bradley. So I, as a kid, knew about this thing called Bradley. <laughs> I thought all kids knew what that was, but no, that was not the case. But um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to know everything about birth and um, I, I was inspired by some people that I knew who did everything all naturally, had home births, had multiple kids, and it just wasn't a big deal to them. It was mm -hmm. just a natural thing. And I also had known some people in my life who 
had um, horrible experiences in the hospitals and um, surgeries and and it, it kind of talked about childbirth like it was a, a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's a big like range of uh, spectrum of how people think about childbirth. And um, so I just wanted to take it upon myself to do everything I could to make sure that my experience was great for me and for my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I when it was time for us to go through that journey, I just found a midwife, someone I thought would be good locally, and went through the whole journey with her and had a home birth, and it was exactly what I expected. And um, yeah, so I guess that, that that's a short story. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is a, a short success story, if you would, you know, yeah. to have that as part of your frame of reference growing up is is um, not a common experience like you say but it but it is nonetheless it does set the stage for the ways you relate to this massive thing called birth but well, and, yeah and i think i could probably say it here because i think your listeners know what the bradley method is but yes. um you know it focuses on relaxation and of course having your husband involved but the relaxation aspect i I feel like I've used that in my life in so many ways, not just birth related. And so I love that part of, of that method personally, because it just is a good tool for life in general. And I think, you know, birth is, is a difficult thing, but it's all about your perspective and just like life is a difficult thing, but if you have a good perspective, it's not a bad thing. You know, difficult doesn't mean bad. And so, no, not um, at all. It is one of the most, uh, powerful experiences of our lives and it definitely equips us and releases us to achieve or I don't even know it's not just a sense of achievement but it's that sense of connectedness that sense of um, knowing your own strength because a lot of times it's put across as something to be feared rather than an opportunity to discover for yourself what you're yeah. capable of you know it's it's pretty like, incredible let's make this an epic opportunity you know <laughs> like, let's face it i mean that's that was my idea was let's just face this head on because it's like the kind of thing you know when you're pregnant you that baby's going to come out and so mm-hmm. you can't there's something you can do at that point and just face it because there's no way around and if you try to go around I think it gets worse so. yeah. well I do I do remember specifically looking down and going this is coming out of me what you know so you know it, it that is a it is indeed um, a question I mean not a question yeah. but a but a real a real concern especially your first go around as you get closer to the time of having labor that that thing that we can't really program they keep trying to figure out how we can make this work as a system but it really has a purpose for both and all individuals involved to um to have that opportunity an opportunity like you said to face it and grow well so motherhood is not the only thing you wanted to share with us, but it's always a great place to start. So tell me how the, the journey of pregnancy, we went through that one pretty, pretty quick. 
Now tell me about motherhood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that they're one and the same. I feel like I, I was, um, before I got pregnant, I was like, all right, we're going to get all of the things in line for life to prepare for pregnancy and birth and after. And to me, that, like you said earlier, the natural living, I was, you know, let's get all of our, our soaps made, our lotions made. Do we need a diaper cream? What about cloth diapers? What about diaper wipes? What about um, a, a cream for my belly when it stretches? What about after birth to recover? Um, and, you know, so I kind of did all of that beforehand. Um, and I would say I, I'm kind of now looking forward, like, well, what do I need to do now? <laughs> because I did a lot of prep work for that. And I'm thinking, well, what books should I get? I should probably get some parenting books. But actually, I I haven't really done much um, now because my approach has been very instinctual. I think, you know, I believe that we are humans, so we know how to raise humans. <laughs> so, um, so it's been, yeah, that's basically how it's been. Now, I think when kids get older and you start talking about schooling or whatever, that's, that's maybe take some more research, but, um, the baby phase I think is very instinctual, uh, and, and very snuggly. Yes. Very snuggly. Well, and I guess at any point in what you're doing, maintaining that heart centered approach to your life is going to serve. It's definitely yeah. going to serve. And, but yeah. we, we, we didn't discuss how long you've been a mommy and when this oh, all yeah. takes place and yeah. yeah. Um, so our little girl, Allison is three months old, mm -hmm. three months, I guess, technically. So yeah. Um, and I guess if you're listening and you're pregnant or, you know, going to have kids and you're like, what's that new mom stage? Like I definitely, my husband and I heard the worst stories about parenthood. Everyone said, you're never going to sleep. And it was just horror story after horror story. So we were finally like, okay, fine, fine. It's going to be terrible. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> but to be honest, um, it's just not, that's just not the case. Um, like I said, difficult doesn't mean bad. Um, so I think the the first couple weeks are, you know, the hardest because you're learning how to breastfeed. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a two-way learning path between mm -hmm. you and the baby. And mm -hmm. then, um, once you kind of get, and you're recovering from birth, I think that's probably the hardest part was I couldn't really, you, you know, I wasn't very mobile. So mm. I, you know, you're kind of recovering from a little of an injury. So, mm. um, you're a little stuck, but, um, but the baby doesn't need much, you know, they just mm -hmm. need you. And so, mm. uh, that's how the beginning was. And then, um, after that, you know, six week mark, I feel like the healing gets, exponentially better and um you just watch the baby grow so fast and different every day and just when you think that something's not working or or there's a pattern you know the baby's doing this every day or um whatever they change <laughs> it's like possibly <laughs> yeah. a new thing to learn yeah uh, but now yeah she uh you know i will say that um co-sleeping is one of the best things i think that mm -hmm. you could do with your baby I think sleep is, is everyone's worry. Um, but I want to say one thing, which is if you're someone who thinks you need a lot of sleep, like if you're not pregnant yet or not, you know, kids and you're thinking, I need my eight hours. I'm not going to be able to do this kid thing because I can't survive. That will change because <laughs> your body knows what to do. <laughs> it's crazy because I was one of those people who was like, I don't know how to function off of less than eight hours really like I don't know how I'm gonna do that and I had a little bit of fear around that but mm. actually in pregnancy I started 
getting a different sleep pattern Mm -hmm. and your body just changes and it's totally okay with it. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so, um, but co-sleeping has been a lifesaver for us. I can't Mm -hmm. recommend that enough as long as you know how to do it safely and you've read up on it and and everything. Um, it did take some practice, but, uh, now we just have the best night's sleeps and we breastfeed while we sleep and it's Mm -hmm. just so nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. One of the advantages of breastfeeding that's rarely, rarely touted is the fact that your sleep patterns coordinate. I, at one point, thought I was getting ripped off because I would wake up before my baby stirred and I was like, what? I need my rest. But it was that I was not wakened out of that deep sleep. So it is uh, that, that beautiful thing. Sleep is the biggest premium after you have your baby it really is it is and learning and adapting and growing in that ability and not not taking on that um that belief that this is what i've always needed so this is what i need it's great Uh that you're able to say actually your body discovers new patterns it's amazing you know it's like I feel like you before you have kids, you have you're kind of in control of things, and you're like, I I do things a certain way. I eat breakfast and dinner this way, and my schedule, and that's great for you. <laughs> but once you have kids, or at least a baby, um, they it's a totally different thing, and you don't need to. It's actually easier because you, they dictate your schedule, and it's just you don't have to think. <laughs> you just do whatever they need to do. <laughs> yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a, an amazing and wonderful thing. So, yeah. were you working before this pregnancy? Tell me a little bit about about yeah. You know, do yourself. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. About yourself. Um, I have a um, the bachelor's degree in business and a master's degree in um, corporate tax accounting. So I'm a CPA, mm-hmm. so I work in uh, corporate tax, mm-hmm. and so I did that full-time out of college, did not, um, I mean, liked the work I was doing, but did not like the lifestyle of 50, 60 hour work weeks. So I went down to part-time. Um, and so I was doing that up until, um, my maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And so I was uh, part-time and then I have a blog on the side and a YouTube channel where I share a lot of recipes. Uh, we have a little, um, homestead here in Duval and I call it the Duval homestead <laughs> for that reason because when we moved to Duval I, I was like we're setting up our homestead um, and we got chickens at one point and just learned how to you know started to learn how to be I, I want to say self-sustainable but that's just such a big word that <laughs> we're definitely not self-sustainable but in small ways trying to be and um, so I've been more drawn towards that simple living, natural living, being self-sustainable, um, cooking farm to table, which is very easy to do here in Duval because there are so many farms to get all the food you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I share recipes and I share natural living. And then my husband and I do a lot of DIY projects around the house. Uh, build uh, Mostly John builds with wood. So we share plans for things like that. Um, and so trying to do more of that, the YouTube channel, I also share some personal stuff like the birth story and people really like that. Mm, (laughs) For sure. That's, that's really lovely. Now, are you on a certain length of leave time or tell us about that? 
Yeah. Um, so Washington State gives, I think it's like three and a half months. I don't know exactly. It's very mm-hmm. confusing. It's not the easiest process to go through. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, my husband's company luckily gives him, I think, a solid four months. So that's been incredible. And that's another thing about birth is you need you do need help afterward, a lot mm-hmm. of it, especially that first, the beginning part. Um, and so if you can take advantage of that leave, you got to you gotta do that. If not, just line up the family members because <laughs> um, that's been great. And, and the bonding time has been really nice. Um, my husband was actually previously in the military uh, several years ago, got out. Um, but I'm saying that because he's been very busy with um, going to school, working full time before that I was in the military. So this is the first time we've really had to just slow down. Mm. We haven't had a very slow life up until now. And um, it's been really, really great. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Idyllic in, in many ways. Now, are you, so is, are you saying that your time from being um, on maternity leave is about to end? Yeah, it is. And mm. um, whether or not I'm going to go back to work is still up in the air. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's yes. kind of a big commitment. Although I do work, um, my husband and I both work at home 100% mm-hmm. of the time. And I was oh, actually right. fully remote before COVID, <laughs> and, oh. which was funny because everyone I, during the pandemic worked from home and they all were like, oh, this is so hard to work from home. It's so distracting. And I'm like, no, it's the best way you get used to it. <laughs> so so it out. wouldn't involve you going into an office, but it's still something no. that you're, you, yeah. you haven't really quite decided yet if that's going to work or not. Yeah, no, yeah. to be to be honest, I wanted to get out of the office a long time ago, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to pick a job that was able, that you could work from home. Mm-hmm. So accounting is a technical job, and yeah. I can do that at yeah. home, so I've been doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I missed that. Sorry. Oh, I said the home is the best place to be. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more, even though um, right now I'm in my son's home watching grandkids, and that's pretty special too. But uh, that's right. I, I would that for everyone that their home could be their sanctuary and could yeah. be the place that they are nur- nourished and fed and thrive. You know, that's, yeah. that is... you know, but it takes a lot of setting up, I will say. I think a lot of people who are maybe working for a corporate office during, you know, the pandemic and had to go home to maybe an apartment or something mm-hmm. where they didn't cook often. Because if you're working more than 40 hours a week, you're probably eating out. And I think it's a shock if you just all of a sudden you're home and you don't have the food supplies to cook. You don't have enough dish soap. You know, you're not really set up because you're never there. And so... I'd say it took us, um, when I first kind of came home from the office was several years ago, and it took me, I mean, I'm still working on it, but I would say a good solid year to create like that home sanctuary, like you said, and I've got, but it's, you know, it's actually not that hard. You just need like Castile soap and essential oils. (laughs) And there you go. (laughs) Yeah, and shea butter. And then once you have like the most important ingredients, you can be pretty self-sufficient. Um, mm. So you just need the knowledge to figure out how to do that easily, which is why I uh, like to share that on my blog. So. Yes, yes. And and I, I we'll review it at the end, but tell people right now, what is the name of your blog? Oh, and... yeah. 
It's um, theduvalhomestead.com. Oh, right. You already said it once. We'll just say it again so that this silver-haired lady can (laughs) remember. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you, how long have you been in Duval then? How long have you lived in your Duval homestead? (laughs) Um, Three years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up actually uh, kind of near Issaquah, Bellevue area. Mm. So you didn't uh, travel far. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but Duval is very different than Issaquah and Bellevue. Um, so it, and it just is the kind of place where it used to, I feel like people used to think it was really far away, and now everyone's going to Duval. So like, <laughs> Duval has a special energy, I think. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. And you have the, so when you came to Duval, what what is it about about being in this area that attracted you just so people have a frame of reference the farms Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. the land you know um a lot of the land is preserved you can't build on it like the valley um and i don't know about you but if i i used to work in redmond when i was going into the office and driving from redmond to duval like my stress level was a 10 in redmond Mm -hmm. and then when i got to redmond ridge it was to like an eight and as soon as i got down novelty hill it was like a two. <laughs> Once you see the valley, it just drops. It's amazing. But unfortunately, I remember the opposite happening on my way to work. Like, I would be so happy driving the valley. As soon as I go on Novelty Hill, it just went up to like an eight. <laughs> and so, anyway, that's why. I mean, that's why. Yeah. yeah. That rural we living. Looking. Rural living. And, yeah. you know, there. It's when we live in this in this area, and I live in Carnation, so we're neighbors essentially. When you're living there, to get to some of the modern, not modern, but to get to more of the convenience stores or the larger department stores, you do have to go a half an hour. But yeah. the trade-off for being in this lovely place that's that on occasion gets marooned. Have you been marooned there? No, you haven't lived there long enough to be marooned, have you? I don't know what marooning is. Oh, let me tell you about that because it, it was one of the one of our first years in Carnation. We actually, because of the water flooding, we could not leave or come in to du- Duval Carnation area. It was closed okay. off. We were yeah. very temporarily, but we were marooned. So sometimes yeah. the bridges, uh, one of the bridges could be closed and occasionally Two of the bridges could be closed, but at this particularly very big flooding year, there was no way in and out. So it's, it is not yeah. a frequent occurrence. It has happened. It may happen again. We have yeah. that uh, poster at home and it says Duval is the place where the river runs through it and sometimes over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happened, I think it was our first fall. I, I wanna say it was 2018. It was a really big one, and we couldn't get out for a couple days. Um, but that's why, I mean, like you said, you got to have some sort of self-sufficiency, and you know, you got to be stocking up on the meats <laughs> because <laughs> you're ready for it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where is your power out just this weekend? No. So we live um, near the high school, and I think we're on the high school grid. That's my theory because we never lose power. And a lot, like when downtown loses power, we don't. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if we're, we're on like a 
a nicer grid because when I was in high school, I could be wrong. But <laughs> yeah. um, did you lose power? Um, yeah, I was not home, but we did. And and we every year we do. Uh, do. Uh, however, that has not been a problem because because uh, we have a generator. Although this year, I don't think the generator was working. So that was oh. intriguing. It was okay. Right. You know, the, the thing I will say about it is the peacefulness. When the power goes out, it oh, is yeah. just kind of such a lovely feel to have the silence until everybody revs up their generators. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I don't that. complain about lighting candles either. <laughs> yeah, 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 but uh, rural life is something that um, is so wonderful. Although I, going into a place like Duval, it doesn't seem to kind of meet the criteria of rural as much. It seems pretty, pretty progressive. Lots and lots of At construction. Least At yeah. least around town. At least around, right, around town. Yeah. You step out yeah. a little bit and there you are. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, it's a good good transitional place if you want to one day own land or something to start being near it and um, that's what we're hoping to do is, is to find a bigger spot someday so it's a good yeah. place to start that's a that is a great journey uh, so when do you feel like you first became attracted to the idea of homesteading and the, this idea of handy, having land and things of that sort um, I mean I think I've, I think I was raised in the very natural. Like I live. Can you say that again? The signal faded. No, in that. Alexa, can you say that again? The signal faded. Um, I was. Oh, I think it might be. Let me check my internet. You could turn the camera off. And we could do it with the camera off, and that might make it stronger signal. What about now? Now you sound better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So repeat. <laughs> that again, let me know. I can move rooms. Um, I have to give credit where it's due because I had a very natural-minded mom and dad. And so um, even though we didn't live on a property, we, we were always outside and everything like that but I can definitely remember a time when I was in my corporate office in downtown Seattle because I did work in downtown Seattle and lived there for three years which isn't that long to some people but to me it was a lifetime because I hated it but I was sitting in my office and I had a, a window view which was very lucky to have because I was in a cubicle I wasn't in an off mm -hmm. my own office I was at a cubicle right and like crunching away the numbers and look outside and I had a beautiful view. Seattle's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm, I mean, the indeed. view is beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the streets are not. But I'm looking outside and I'm just like, I do not want to be in here <laughs> anymore. And I was just living for the weekend when I could go on a hike. We love going hiking and being outside. Mm -hmm. And you know how you kind of think about things like, oh, when you're on vacation, for example, it's like, that's not sustainable. That's vacation. You know, that's, that's not reality. Um, I was thinking the same thing about land. I was like, oh, I'd love to have like, a farm one day. I was like daydreaming. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't know if that would really do that good. Maybe it's a ton of work. Like, I don't know if I'd really like that that much. But then I came to the conclusion that, no, I think that is a reality that I want to make happen mm. for sure. I think it's not unrealistic 
Um, and especially we ha- because we have that, you know, within access here. And so when we got, my husband and I got married in 2017 and then 2018, we were looking for a house. We were like, we're going to make this decision now, even though we don't know what we're doing. We're not homesteaders yet, but I think we actually knew, you know, I think we knew more than we gave ourselves credit for because mm-hmm. I knew how to cook, you know, and I, that's a lot, you know, that's like a starting point, right? You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, start somewhere. And I, I was able to, um, I was cooking while I was living in like a little apartment in Seattle and I was like buying whole chickens and doing all that. I was, um, doing, you know, growing herbs on my windowsill and I was growing, actually I was growing jasmine, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. funny because my apartment was so hot because it had the windows and there was no air conditioning, but I grew like tropical plants in there. So it was like a, a greenhouse. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I would say it just, it just kind of accumulated. I mean, I think if you have that inkling of wanting like, oh, a farm, like animals and my kids like running in the trees, like if you have that kind of in your head, if you are serious about it, you can make it happen and mm-hmm. you can just take time. And mm-hmm. also you don't need to have, you know, 10 acres to make mm-hmm. that happen. Right. <laughs> like you can do it in an apartment, you can get started and then just take steps from there. Um, but I also have uh, met a lot of people through blogging um, mm-hmm. and YouTube is incredible. I mean, you can learn so much online mm-hmm. and I've been so inspired by people that that has really jump-started me and my husband um, because you don't have to teach yourself everything. You can go Google it and figure it out like yeah. really easily. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, that, it's it's like, you know, it's almost not even fair. You can, you can we got chickens because um, I was working in an office in Redmond and no joke, three chickens showed up in the parking lot of this <laughs> office, which is not a remote office. It, that's a little incredible. You had three chickens show up in the parking lot of the, of your work. I know it's a place where there just shouldn't be any chickens, and I don't know what it was, but I felt this feeling inside of me that I needed to get them. And actually, I should I should say that they were beautiful, so they didn't look like um, you know rare, um, you know I guess wild chickens. I guess you could say. I mean, chickens are kind of all wild, but they didn't look. Um, like trash chickens, (laughs) they looked beautiful, they looked healthy, and I was like, okay, that, those are just so beautiful, and I actually texted my husband, um, who was out of town, and that's a very important part of the story, (laughs) because out of town, and I said, look at this, and we had actually talked about getting chickens, because when we moved to Duval, we found out that we could get chickens, and we we thought, we got to do that, and I said, look what's in our parking lot, and they're, you know, walking around, and he's like, grab them. And I think he was joking, <laughs> but I was like, are you sure? And, and it was just one of those moments where the whole office was, you know, all my coworkers were all watching and um, I was like, well, I don't know how to catch a chicken. So I actually reached out to the Duval like community board and the homesteaders group, which if you're local here, you know what I'm talking about. And that group is just so incredible. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. (laughs) And thank goodness for people in Duval. I had someone um, come and help me get the chickens because I said, I don't know how to catch them. I was scared of them, even though now in hindsight, like they're the sweetest animals. But, um, I didn't know how to catch them and it was a whole thing. So anyway, to make the story shorter, we ended up catching them. I didn't, someone came and helped me. 
she um, brought them to my house. And of course, we had nothing and my husband was out of town, which was the worst idea of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Never do that. <laughs> if you're going to get tickets, do not follow that path, that trajectory. Um, so put them in the garage with a, like a little cage. And I stopped at a feed store and I was like, I need to chicken food and they're like what kind I'm like I don't know I just have chickens <laughs> whatever whatever and um I remember they drank all the water I gave them in like an hour I didn't realize how much water they needed and they were hungry and I was just you know oh, I don't know what to do um and of course my husband was not there <laughs> so it was it was a it was a kind of a beautiful disaster but long story short um he ended up building a coop. He bought some plans online and built a coop. Um, and it was it was actually really ideal. So if you're going to get chickens and you're interested in kind of starting um, some homesteading, you should definitely start, first of all, with chickens. They're very easy once you get the hang of them because I think there's a lot of things that you need to know up front. But once you figure that out, they're not that hard. And if you live in a suburb, with a small, like we live on like less than a quarter acre and we do not have property. And so, but that's actually perfect for just a couple chickens because they can walk around and that's all they need. And we have a fenced in backyard. And so um, that's, you know, that's really perfect for, for three little chickens. Um, so we learned all about chicken keeping and I, you know, bought natural medicine for them when they needed it. Um, it was it was such a great experience and um, kept them for a couple of years um, and we still have the coop and we still plan to get more um, but we learned some hard lessons about um, just how to keep them in your backyard and, and the space that they need and we need to make some adjustments for the next group of chickens so that is terrific so <laughs> the universe I always say what you're seeking is seeking you so your chickens oh, found you <laughs> And it was, they were, they were just the best too. I mean, they were so pretty. And I just remember sitting in the backyard and this is like a backyard. Like we have neighbors behind us. It's not like, it's not a quintessential countryside. And I started sitting there with like my tea or maybe my wine if it was like Friday night, looking at my chickens and thinking, I'm a farmer. <laughs> but, um, but you know, you got to start somewhere. You do. And, yeah, and I think an experienced homesteader might be like, oh, you're ridiculous, and that's so funny. But I actually really have to thank people in our community because I had several people come help me with them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first day I brought them home, I didn't have my husband, so I, I, I went on that board, and I was like, I need someone to help me. And if someone came over and mm -hmm. looked at them for me, and she is still one of my friends to this day. And mm -hmm. um, I just was like, I can't believe people do this, and they help, and... And anyway, mm. the eggs from chickens are the best. So having oh, your yeah. own eggs, oh my gosh. Fresh, I mean, they're, they're fresh eggs, oh my. No, I don't have my yeah. own chickens, to be clear. But this does bring to my mind how my husband became a gardener. I brought home a very wilted couple of tomato plants that were like begging. Someone had brought to work, and it was like, I don't know why, but I took these couple of tomato plants home, uh, over, and he planted them and then now he is a master gardener that was how many years ago it had to have been um well i guess i would have to say about 38 years ago <laughs> yeah so you cut out for a second but did you say tomatoes tomatoes it, tomatoes? it was just yeah. a couple tomato plants which are you know thankfully well tomatoes 
are not necessarily the most the hardiest plant there is but anyway it was tomatoes and it definitely made it uh made gardening come to life in our in our lives yeah. i'm moving yeah. away because you heard a bird in the background and that bird came to us just like your chickens came to you but <laughs> i know that just that just reminded me of when I was um, like, when I, we had first, when I had him in the garage and I was like asleep by myself, my husband doesn't travel often, but he did that one week. And I remember waking up in the morning and I was like, oh, are they still alive? <laughs> you know, like, I hope they're still alive. <laughs> and I could hear them, you know, making their noises in the morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do with these birds? Uh, but anyway, I just, I learned to love those noises so much. But yeah, the, the gardening, we, we started that too, you know, we started, we built a little trough planter box and we had no idea what we were doing with that either. We just threw seeds in the dirt and that's actually basically what we still do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but, throw seeds in the air, literally. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> we grew um, some, some scarlet runner beans that just exploded all over our house. <laughs> we were like, okay, note to self, beans, <laughs> they, they run. That's why they're called runner. <laughs> Oh, that's great. great. That is great. Well, I love the way that you've highlighted the importance of the community and how you were able to reach out so easily. I don't know that I don't know that a lot of people out there have that that ease with connecting and with asking and making requests. And is that something that is just natural for you again from your upbringing or it was just the situation necessitated some big steps? You mean just like the courage to put yourself out there, I guess? Exactly. Um, Yeah, I I guess I figure that, yeah, I guess I figure that the worst that happens is no one helps. And then I figure it out on Google or YouTube. But um that I don't know. I, I guess I learned that was the moment that I learned that you should ask because <laughs> mm. I had never asked for anything obviously before because we had just moved to Duval and I, I thought I'm just going to throw this out there and if we'll see what happens. And I got some people were like, like I remember some people said, you know, you shouldn't catch them. They'll go back to their coop. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure someone dumped these chickens here because there were, like it was so random that they were there and then a lot of people responded to that person and said no shake them and I even wrote on some other boards you know I found these chickens are these anybody's chickens and so I like tried that route of finding their original owners but our theory is that someone just dumped them because they they were there's no reason they would be in the middle of the parking lot mm-hmm. in that area mm-hmm. <laughs> so and they don't wander chickens don't wander that far away from their coop And they were there for multiple days, which means they didn't go back. So, um, oh, you didn't, you didn't snap them up the first day. You didn't. No. Oh my goodness, that's really even more fascinating. Yeah, it took us like three days. Oh Mm -hmm. wow! I bet they were thirsty and hungry after that. Yeah, we were feeding them during work. I got no work done in those three days. That's for sure. me and my coworkers were out there like giving them food and water so you know we were thinking about what to do and um they just kept staying there which is actually a miracle that they didn't get eaten to be honest because mm-hmm. yeah. you know people around um, cougars whatever can podcasts they just are hungry for chickens so yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah we definitely see them in our neighborhood 
here too. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is terrific. Yeah. How, how out of uh, where, like you're speaking of, you got to begin somewhere and, and how it was actually just brought to you uh, again from that prospect of yeah. what you seek is seeking you. So those chickens definitely needed a home and you yeah. were ready to embark on this uh farming journey and you became a farmer just like that i love it <laughs> instant farmer <laughs> yeah i mean not so not so ready i wasn't exactly ready but um i think that that's what but that's the thing is like i think about my husband who who all of a sudden i said we have chickens in our garage you need to build a coop right now oh and he said okay and he was working so he could only do it on the weekends um but you know it, it's not all fun and games i mean it was it was a lot of work and i was a little scared because i didn't know what i was getting into and um but once you get past that you know you do something really small you take a really small step and you mm -hmm. just if you don't know something you google it and you youtube mm -hmm. it or you ask somebody and then you figure it out and you stop being so scared of things you know, you think about like, oh, I want to be a farmer and you think of owning like a cattle ranch or something. That's way, way, like so many steps in the future. Right. Whereas if you just take one small step and try getting a chicken or planting tomatoes. Yeah. It's not that bad. And then a year goes by or two or and then five. And then before you know it, you're getting goats. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you have now. goats? Do you have goats? So, we don't. There's no way we could fit goats right now. But yeah, I can totally, you know, a few years ago, I would have been like, I will never own goats. What the heck is that even about? Yes. Now I'm like, I would love to own goats. Yeah. I know stuff about goats. So much no fun. Yeah. That'd be so much fun when that happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, I, I love the attitude of you may not be ready for the, for your dream in full Technicolor. Yeah. But you can still live your dream in this one way, you know, and that yeah. is it, it, because okay. it's actually, well, as they talk about in the universe, if you are living in the emotions of that, you're going to draw more of that to yourself. So yeah, there you have it. Yeah. That's so good. I've heard that as well. Like, like visualize, you know, if you want X, Y, Z, then pretend like you already have it. Mm -hmm. and act like you already do have it and uh -huh. then you'll kind of be able to implement it yeah. well, right because you're <laughs> going to get because that's what energizes you and so you're it's it's observing what are you what are you focusing your attention on and whatever you yeah. focus your attention on it's going to bring more of that to you so it's so wonderful in that way it really is yeah. it really is uh that is terrific wow what what are they you've you've shared so much about you know good time to begin and begin wherever you are and uh living I feel like we didn't talk about birth enough we talk about birth enough well <laughs> that's you know it is it's not just about birth but tell me what your <laughs> what it, how is how has your initial experience framed your relationship to children or to other births tell me about that because you said it was, I mean, you gave a very realistic oh. account about about birthing, and that was not easy, that it was pretty daggone good that you have a partner. <laughs> like how anybody else can do that is yeah. crazy to think that they might not have that kind of support. 
Uh, you've shared a few things about that yeah. that are really from what I would call say, I like to refer to as from the trenches, from someone that's recently living it. <laughs> Not it was years ago. Like yes. my 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 baby's thirty three. So <laughs> trust me, my trenches right. are not as yeah. crisp as yours are. So, but uh, yeah, the memory. Yeah, right. The things that yeah. are. I mean, of course, I know the intensity of being a mama, and having several kids, and a lot of juggling, and I I I know a lot of that. Wearing a lot of hats, and I relate to a lot of that. Yeah. But, uh, but it's from you. You hadn't birthed before, and now you birthed. And now, what's your what yeah. forecast for the future in terms of that? It's the first thing I thought of when you said that was when I was younger. I mentioned that my mom was a Bradley instructor, and so I always heard about birth when I was a kid, which is like I don't know. Most mothers probably don't teach their kids about that, but right. they should anyway. Yeah. And I always thought, oh my gosh, that's going to be the hardest thing I ever do, and everything in, in life, I was like, well, this is fun, but I still have to give birth one day. <laughs> I always had that in my head. And so when it finally happened, I felt like, well, that's the hardest thing I'll ever have to do. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I don't know if that's completely true. I think there's lots of hard things in life, but I guess physically that might be the hardest, but, um, but it, it, it wasn't as scary. I think once you get to that point, you're really ready for it. And, mm-hmm. and also one thing I didn't anticipate um, in my head was when you are 39 weeks pregnant, you are so ready to get the baby out that <laughs> you don't, you don't even care. Like you have to just get the baby out. And so it's not like you feel the same way as when you're not pregnant. And then all of a sudden you go through all this pain. It's different because mm-hmm. you have, you know, you're working with the baby. It's like, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but, um, well, um, for me, um, I was just going to say, um, from a perspective point of view, keeping a good mindset, like you said, you know, your memory changes as you get older. And I remember when I was in high school, that was the hardest thing ever, you know, like dealing with high school and then college was the hardest thing ever and then like everything. And I kind of think about what I see, you know, what's the best part about life? Cause life is, is going to end one time, one day. And like, what do I envision as the best part? And I think of, you know, having a family, I think of you know, one day I'll hopefully be a grandparent and all these things. And so I, I focus on, try to focus on that, you know, that vision that you have when you're in the quote trenches mm-hmm. and realize that everyone who's ever had that kind of vision, that dream or whatever has been in that moment as well. And so, you know, you're contributing to a way bigger picture mm-hmm. and that makes it a little easier for me. And, and I, I can actually remember because I, I gave birth um, well, I almost birthed in the toilet, <laughs> but I, I, if it wasn't for my amazing midwife who said, you need to be off the toilet or your baby is going to end up in the toilet, <laughs> I would have been in the toilet. But um, I was sitting on the toilet for the three or so hours of really intense labor that I had. And I remember during the, what seemed like 10 second breaks, because it felt like mm-hmm. just right after another um, in the breaks thinking, you know, the end result is going to be a happy picture on our bed with our baby. <laughs> like, and I just, you know, keep focus on that end result. Because if you just let the time go by, you're like, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Don't fight it. Just let it go and you'll get there. And 
forget about, you know, just know that the moment you're in, this is hard. And I felt the same way um, the first couple days after birth, maybe first week or two, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. nighttime, you know, feeding every hour. Um, I remember feeling the same way, especially with breastfeeding, because it, it hurts at the beginning until you figure it out and get that good latch. And I was like, this is really tough. But I think I had, um, I think I had maybe an hour on day two after birth, I want to say, where I felt like I can't do this. And it was, mm-hmm. it was about breastfeeding because I had a hard time getting a good latch. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of help. So we, we figured it out, but it was that beginning. I didn't expect that difficulty mm-hmm. and I felt like I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And then I wallowed in that for about an hour. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I'm going to stop thinking about this. <laughs> and we're just going to move on in our life because this is what my body's meant to do. And I'm going to be fine. And that it just helped, you know, like it, it did. I remember thinking, no, I'm going to be fine. This is what we're meant to do. I'm not doing, I'm not messing with the universe here, but I'm going with the universe. So <laughs> I think it's on my side. And it, it's so true. If you just stick out some of the tough times, you will come out on the other side. So that may have been a, a long tangent, but <laughs> no, it's fascinating. Uh, and then, yeah. so do you see yourself having more babies? Yes. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, oh, well, that's, that's good. And did, did you have an idea in mind of how many how many times you, how many children you wanted to have? Or is there anything like that for you or your husband? And Well, we're kind of taking it, um, you know, one, one by one. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't have some um, number in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, we definitely want more, but, um, I don't think we have a number in mind, uh, at all. So yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope we have a few, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I didn't have a specific number in mind either. Um, and I can't actually say that I, conceived each baby consciously at the specific time that they were conceived either you know i it, it wasn't that i didn't want to be pregnant um yeah but a lot of that is just simply like you know what you're doing you know. oh yeah oh yeah yeah and i loved it i i love i love motherhood i love everything about it and i love being a grandmama too yeah. i really do there's just yeah uh, I... <laughs> It's rich. Well, that's the reward. I mean, that's that's the long-term reward, right? Of having kids is helping to have grandkids. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's it's rich all along the way. You know, it's interesting yeah. how you speak of pregnancy in the way that you get to the end of pregnancy and you uh, you absolutely get to the place of I'm got to have this baby. When when kids grow up and you you just can't even fathom as a as a mama, you can't even fathom how how much it would what it would take to allow them if they want to put it that way to move on with their lives. You know, yeah. different different ages have different just heartwarming, heart melting things like at that three and four and in the elementary school age they just love you and you're so wonderful and then all of a sudden you know absolutely nothing and you and you <laughs> and you just stand in the way of their happiness and and then it, it's just amazing the cycles or the growth and the development that takes on but by the time they come to their time to become more independent 
you recognize this has to be, you know, this is a good thing. And to raise them into, to give them all the dependence they need, they can be as dependent as they want because it's from that dependence that that independence grows, you know? It's such a, it's yeah. such an amazing thing. I love thing. that. Yeah. 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 I always want yeah. people to know yeah. and that it isn't, you don't have to, you don't have to push away someone. You have to allow them to be as, to get and have and be as close as they want to be. And then they learn to have that trust to be on their own. So, and you spoke to that. that. Well, yeah. you spoke I mean, to that, that. Mm-hmm. with your, with um, co-sleeping. Yeah. That's, that speaks to that very well. I know. I was just, I was just going to say, like, you're talking about, you know, a young adult, but it starts with a baby and mm-hmm. teaching them if they're hungry, they're going to get fed, you know, the trust and I'm here for you and 24 seven. And I just can't, I can't relate to like teaching a kid independence, that theory of you should sleep on your own or you should, I'm not going to help you with this. I think that there are, if, if a child wants to, to do something by themselves, bless them, of course. Um, I don't think you need, but you don't need to like force them. I think independence is is a natural um, progression and it like, you don't need to worry. Like your kid's gonna be plenty independent <laughs> real yeah. soon, sooner than you like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's part of yeah. the, the whole development. But uh, yeah. yes, yes. That's... Last night, I have to tell a quick story. Um, last night, I was taking a bath with Allison and she's three months old and she, I take a a tea bath with her. So I put this um, big tea bag in the bathtub and then I kind of squeeze the tea bag over her. So it's just like an herbal bath basically. And I was doing that and she loves the bath and she's on her back on my legs and she's kicking and, and um, I squeeze the tea bag and she reaches up and tries to grab it. And I thought, whoa, like, what are you doing there with your hands? Because she's never done that before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's try that again. And I did it again. And she reaches up and she's never, you know, reached for something before, mm-hmm. which if you've had a baby, you know, these little tiny milestones that, <laughs> you know, your baby reaches. And and then I said, you know, I called my husband. I was like, John, come look. She just grabbed this tea bag. Like she's trying to grab it and you can see her focus on it and her hands are trying to move, but they're slow. And he was like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then we went downstairs and put her down on the floor while we were cooking dinner in her little pack and play. And we're, she started doing it again with another toy. And we held the toy up, and she's reaching for it. And then she started reaching her hands up without anything, kind of looking at us like, like I think she was saying, let's do it again, let's do it again, I can grab it. And um, I took <laughs> videos of it and sent all of our family. And it's just the littlest thing, but I kind of realized – okay, this is, this is happening quickly. She's growing. Right. It's happening. You know what I mean? Like they say it goes by quickly. Mm. It's, I can, I can understand that. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh man, like she, mm. you know, you know, when they're a newborn, you just want them to make eye contact with you. That's mm-hmm. like the biggest milestone. And then they mm. smile. Mm-hmm. And then now she actually was grabbing something. And so, um, yeah. It is wonderful. And isn't it wonderful that you get to be there for those moments? Because uh, yeah. because it those those things they just happens just like that boom and now she yeah. can do this you know it's just a, such a delightful thing uh, to be present for that.
trying to soak it up as much as possible and um, just, I just can't wait. I mean, I, I can't wait for the future, but I also, you know, I'm trying to love the present. It's this magical feeling. <laughs> yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They are, there's gifts every day and in every part of the cycle, there's gifts if we look for them. Uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are coming down to the last few minutes, and I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to share whatever it is that you might want to share that we maybe didn't even touch on or that you are like, oh, and I don't want I don't want this time to end before I get a chance to talk about this. So we want to hear any of that that you have. Well, I do have some resources that are helpful for anyone who is either, you know, pregnant, um, about to have a baby, or maybe you are a care provider like a doula and you want to send your clients a resource. Um, on my blog at bedduvalhomestead.com, I have a section called Natural Baby, and I have a share about kind of um, each trimester of my pregnancy and just the resources that I use to get ready for birth. So books I read and um, websites and just helpful. There's a lot of curated information um, in those blog posts. And then I also share a few recipes that were really helpful to me in pregnancy. I made um, a protein muffin with chocolate chips. So it tastes delicious and it has protein powder, in it, <laughs> which was huge because you got to have a lot of protein when you're pregnant. Um, and I also shared a few recipes that I made um, actually the week before I gave birth and then I froze them and they freeze really well, really hearty soups like with bone broth and chicken and vegetables and onion and garlic. And it's funny cause those did not sound very good to me when I was pregnant, but the second, I delivered the baby and, you know, the placenta and I was able to catch my breath. I said, someone go heat up that soup. Mm. <laughs> Downstairs, I was so hungry because you get your stomach back. That's the best part about it. <laughs> Not the best part. One of the best parts about having the baby is getting your stomach back, right? Because it's so yeah. small at the end there. So um, you just are going to be very hungry. So I was very thankful that I made those meals. And so I have those recipes all available. You can just print them out. And um, so, yeah, if, if you know somebody who needs resources, um, I have some good ones. So That's wonderful. That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. It has been such a joy getting to know you, and I believe this will not be the only time we interact, I am sure. I want to stay in touch with the next step when you have a next step in your in your process of how you're living your dream, be sure to reach out and come back on and tell us all about it because that would be terrific. We would love that. Thank sure, you. Sure, I'd love to. Thank you so much. You know, you're so welcome, Alexa. You take care and thank you again. All right, thanks. And there we are.
I'm Roxanne Spring, your host of Midwife After Hours. So appreciating you joining us today and looking forward to you joining us again next week at 11 a.m. right here on Valley 104.9 FM or valley1049.org. In the meantime, be well, be safe, and thank you again.